Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's October. I guess that means we have to light every fall scented candle. <sighs> I guess that means we have to rewatch all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, I definitely don't want to be wearing flannels all the time. <sighs> I'm so annoyed I had to use my gift card on this pumpkin cream cold brew. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, October 26th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory. To my left, your right, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is, wearing flannel. Goddamn right. Yeah! I love October. Get this guy a pumpkin spice. <laughs> uh, shout out to the stream team. For joining us live on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like the video, make sure you comment away there in the stream team and share the show. Go get your No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com and send in your questions and comments to NoDunks at TheAthletic.com. You never know when the boys are going to be stepping on the beach, reading your emails and your tweets, which you can tweet in at NoDunksInc. Man, that was the real opening night. We're back, baby. Of the we league. are so back. So many games. And we got to start. With the number one pick for the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama, his NBA debut. Let's touch on this, then we'll get into what you got, and we'll bounce around to a lot of other games and performances. We won't get to everybody, so relax. But Wembanyama, 15 points, foul trouble, Spurs lose. Luka was a monster, Mavs pulled it out in the end. But what do you think of Wembanyama? We're back, and the Spurs are back, Skeets. That was an awesome environment, yeah. Victor Wembanyama's debut. You had all the fans with their phone flashlights out doing like a little move as they're getting ready to introduce him. Looked incredible. Looked incredibly hype in San Antonio. I was excited. The day coming. I'm telling my kids, nine years old, seven years old, you know, someday you might say Victor Wembanyama is the best basketball player of all time. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I was just prepping him. You know, I got to yeah. get him excited for the game. Okay. Then he came out and he fouled a whole bunch. <laughs> yep. Our guy Zach Amon said, was this Tony Brothers giving Victor Wembanyama his welcome to the NBA moment? Kind of felt like it. Some cheapies on Victor that sat him down for quite some time, but yep. it's things he's going to have to learn, like moving screens, clearing space, things like that. Just the angles he takes exactly. on some guys. There was that one in transition. That yeah. It was a foul. He just went at it the wrong way. Yeah. yeah, struggled through the first three quarters. Basically didn't play in the third quarter, no. hardly at all. But then that fourth quarter, when he finally started cooking, waves off Chetty Osman, hits the three-pointer off the pull-up. Incredible stuff. Nine points uh, in the fourth quarter, four for five from the field. Yep. And in that moment, it felt like when Zion was hitting all those threes when he finally made his return. Just a special moment to be watching. Yeah, you're right about the uh, NBA Finals-like atmosphere there in San Antonio for this game. Uh, I think there was uh, more than 200 media members credentialed 
representing eight different countries and territories and all that. So that has that finals vibe. And yeah, everybody was excited. We got to witness that in Summer League. Yeah. You know, his first game. We were in the building. I was getting yelled at by a security guard to move. You can't stand here, sir. <laughs> I'm part of the press. You can't stand here. But anyway, it was awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I took the under last night on Wembenyama's points and rebounds total because oh. I thought, honestly, if anything happens, he could get into foul trouble. I mean, you're a rookie to begin with. You're obviously playing with the elite of the elite players, and uh, that could be an issue for him. And guys are going to go at him and want to test him and all that. And, yeah, there were some ticky-tack ones, but that hit. So that worked out for me. But, yeah, that fourth quarter was fun when he uh, exploded for the 9 of his 15. He had five boards, two assists, two steals, and one block which was on Kyrie Irving on the Spurs' first defensive possession. Um, But, yeah, not bad overall. He probably wasn't even the best big rookie in that game. We'll get to Lively the second in a second. But uh, definitely nothing where you're like, well, this guy's outclassed. Oh, man, this guy's going to be a bust. It's like, no, you see the flashes, and you're like, ooh, this could be a fun year here. Oh, yeah, the fourth quarter was amazing. The rest of the game, I kind of felt like the Spurs were letting him down. They're going to need a playmaker to get Victor some easy shots because there were a lot of times when they couldn't figure out a way to get him the ball in the post or touches that it seemed like he should be getting in position to score. It just wasn't getting there. Trey Jones is their best playmaker, and he comes off the bench. So, you know, eventually, down the line, they're going to get a point guard of some sort, some sort of playmaker. Uh, But lacking that right now, Victor's kind of got to do it all on his own, and it's awesome to watch when he actually gets a chance to do it on his own. And it's only one game. I know this is a different segment, but... um... He, at least in this game, he looked more comfortable at the five with Lively matched up on him than someone like Grant Williams, who is a strong and good defender, you know, playing him at that four position. I thought that unlocked him a little bit. He felt a little more comfortable, I think. Um, But that will probably change depending on the center and who's guarding him. But something to watch, I think, like whether they do try and really pair him with Zach Collins or he's better suited as being a seven foot four crazy five in this league. He'll be a five someday, but he's still really skinny right now, so they're saving him uh, some bumps, and it's not surprising that a guy like Grant Williams would do a good job holding down Victor Wembanyama. It's meatball versus spaghetti there. The leverage (laughs) is in Grant Williams' favor, so uh, that'll probably be a tactic that teams use. All right, so how would you grade it? If you were to give it a grade, Wembanyama's NBA debut, uh, where where are you going? I'll give it a a nice solid B, 85%. That sounds right. That's That's not an A. Not even a B plus. Not an A. Yeah. B. I mean, it comes in a loss as well. That's good though. You're saying that's solid. Yeah. yeah. The Spurs are not challenging tight. for anything this year, but Victor Wembanyama is going to be good. Mm-hmm. And when he's good, they're not going to have good draft picks. So it behooves them to get a good one this season. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, let's play a little. What you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah. What you got? It's going to allow us to uh, touch on a lot of games and individual performances, like I said. So we've talked Wembenyama. We got that out of the way. But I want to know, Trey, who was really the best rookie on the real opening night? I'm going to give you three options. You can go off the board if you want. But I got Brandon Miller for the Hornets, Derek Lively II, as we talked about there, or slipped in uh, for the Mavericks, or Cason Wallace for the Thunder, who didn't miss a shot. Uh, uh, the number 10 pick there coming in uh, for OKC. So Miller, Lively II, or Wallace, who you got? I got to go Derek Lively the second. Okay. He had Richard Jefferson joking about, should he have gone number one in this draft? <laughs> he shouldn't have, but he kind of looked like it last night. 14 points, seven for eight 
from the field, 10 rebounds, which I think is huge mm-hmm. for a skinnier uh, rookie big man, and then a steal and a block as well. He gives the Mavs exactly what they need, a vertical lob threat. You yep. just saw Kyrie and Luka throwing it way up. Hey, can you go get it? He was able to get quite a few of yep. these ones. I thought in general, the Mavs big man rotation looked a lot better. Kleba hit a couple of threes. We talked about Grant Williams, solid defense. He hit four threes. And then Derek Lively being able to roll to the basket, being able to give him something defensively as well. I thought for being a guy who's a rookie who didn't have a great season, his one year in college, that was a great uh a great debut from him. Absolutely. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a brutal start for the Mavericks when they gave up 43 points in the first quarter. <laughs> it was like, oh, is there going to be any defense played by this team? But yeah, he started to get more burn. He had 31 minutes. I mean, he should be maybe one day starting for this team. The lob threat, huge. Yeah. For guys that are like drawing so much attention, and in Luka's case, that are incredible passers. Like, Give these guys a guy that, yeah, you can just chuck it up by the rim and then go get it. I think three of his dunks were alley-oops uh, in Makes the end sense. for Lively the second. Mavs were a plus 20 when he was out there, so obviously making an impact. That's a good one. I got a little trivia question, thanks to Statitudes, uh, always coming through with some fun trivia. Lively the second is the fourth rookie to record a double-double in his Mavericks debut, joining three men, three other men, uh, <laughs> boys, I guess, really, as three rooks. Three young boys. Yeah. Um, can you name them? The other Mavericks rookies in their debut to, uh, to go for a double-double. Did Jason Kidd do it with assists? 1994. I guess he could have got rebounds as well. Uh, who else do we have? Luca? No. No? No. Not on the assists? I, I will tell you, the other. we got one from the 80s and one from six years ago, and they're both guards. You know, like smaller guys. Six years ago. Yeah. Dennis Smith Jr.? That's right, 2017. <laughs> nice. That, that's funny to see like uh, the pictures from Luca's rookie year where they're like, look at this duo. Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. That's good Did call. not pay off uh, quite that. And then the other's an 80s guy? Yeah, you know him. Uh, you got a Roy Tarpley? Uh, he was involved in a very big trade uh, in the NBA that, uh, you know, swung a championship, I guess. Detlef Schrempf? No, no, no. no. Uh, Sam Perkins? No, no, no. A no. big trade from the 80s. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he made his way to an Eastern Conference team. Um, three-time All-Star? You know, he won a couple titles. Uh, Mark Aguirre. There you go! 1981. Nice, nice one. Nice so, one. yeah, Lively joining that bunch. Mark Aguirre, yep. Jason Kidd, and uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Good as the, uh, the rooks there for the Mavericks getting a double-double. Uh, I would like to show some love to Brandon Miller. Uh, I thought he was really special coming off the bench for the Hornets. He had 13 points, 5-9 shooting, 3 threes, 3 boards, 2 assists in only 25 minutes. But those 13 points, a lot of them, because I had this game on playback for a majority of the night, and uh, he was hitting clutch shots. Uh, he had some big ones in a close game between the Hawks that they ultimately won. You can just see, and I know he was struggling in preseason, but you can see very easily why this guy's game just translates to the NBA because it's a pure-looking stroke, and he's a threat. He had a nice, like, creating some separation off a dribble to the corner. Yep. Um, he just looked good. And, again, you had, like, ups and downs there in the preseason. People are like, ah, I don't know about this guy as a number two pick. I thought he was pretty special there, again, in key minutes for the Hornets. That, that was the thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Uh, you mentioned the shot in the corner. Incredible move to get the space for that. I think all of his other shots were wide open. Ain't no defense <laughs> last night from the Hawks on that one. Yeah. I was most impressed with his back cuts. He had two back cuts yes, he did. for alley-oops that I thought were, like, a good way to make uh, an impact as well. It seems like he's just or at least his game could be just hanging out in the corner waiting for the kickout for yep. three, which he did hit uh, some threes. But 
being able to to read the court and see Lamelo's going to hook me up right at the rim here. Uh, if I back cut, I thought that was pretty good. And then Cason Wallace again, thirteen points, five of five shooting, uh, three threes, two boards and assists, and a block in nineteen minutes. And uh, you know this guy's known for his defensive acumen, so. If he's not going to miss a shot, Jesus, this guy's going to be a superstar because, wow, going five for five. I know he's playing your Bulls, and we'll get to them later. But uh, good stuff from those three rooks and a couple others, and let us know who we're missing there in the stream team. Get mad. You know, I love when people on this opening night or second night, whatever, talk about my team. Why are you talking about my team? Why are you talking about my player? Let me talk about some players. I mean, listen, guys. Look. Tale of two halves for Scoot Henderson. Over in the first half, 11 points in the second half. There you go. There Jaime has Jr., he belongs. Old man game, despite being a young man. That's right. And Sir Thompson, five blocks. Most since what? Sean Bradley or something like that? Wow. Is Most since the 90s I saw. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Thompson twins uh, struggled with their shot, I would yes. say, both of them. But yeah. There's uh, some guys for you. Some guys for you. I, my, my point was going to be, too, like, it's a long season. No. Don't you worry. No, no, no. We'll get to your teams and we'll get to your players. What'd you think of uh, Olivier Saar last night? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, next one here. Best NBA Excuse me. Best new team debut. Porzingis with the Celtics. Max Struess with Cleveland. Or other. Lots of other options. <laughs> Who's going other here? Yeah, well, I've got a few. Yeah, I've got sure. a few what about this, guys. But I think those are the two that jumped out to me. Porzingis with Boston in a win and Struess with Cleveland in a win. So where are you going? If the Celtics get this Kristaps Porzingis for the entire season into the playoffs... They might be the championship favorites. That was an incredible performance by the Unicorn. An all-star performance, 30 points, 5 for 9 from 3, 4 blocks as well. And it looked like he already had pretty solid chemistry on the pick and roll with basically everybody who was handling the ball for the Celtics. Yep. Early on, he was getting the rolls. And then as soon as that was taken away, but the uh, but the Knicks were still double teaming, he was deciding to hit the pops. He was hitting him for the left wing, the top, the right wing. He was doing it all. The Celtics got up a whole bunch of three-pointers. They did only have 18 assists, which is uh, kind of odd. It felt mm-hmm. like a lot of those were going to Porzingis, but this is exactly what the Celtics imagined when they made the trade for him, signed him to the big deal right away. We've seen Porzingis have great impacts. This is the ideal game you're getting from Chris Stapps. Now you just got to be able to stay on the court. Yeah. That's obviously the question because the talent is there and you saw it last night. Oh, yeah. 30 points. Sets the record for most points in a regular season Celtics debut, passing Dominique Wilkins, who had 25. That's messed up. Back in 94. <laughs> I don't like that. Also against the Knicks. Uh, but, yeah, Porzingis scoring nine consecutive points for the Celtics down the stretch because they led most of this game, and then suddenly they fell apart. Celtics were down, I believe, six with like 340 to go. They had a bunch of turnovers, defensive mistakes. But then Drew Holiday got a layup, and then Porzingis was getting to the line, hitting some free throws. And then, yeah, that big play, uh, the one that sort of felt like the backbreaker for the Knicks, at least, was that pick and pop where he let it rip from deep. And pure, it drops, and they uh, obviously win this game. But, yeah, that's the thing. You see Porzingis like this. You're like, this guy, he's just got to give you 70 games of this. And obviously, in a postseason, can he do this? But... He does look reinvigorated to be on a good team. I mean, he's played for some pretty bad teams. Yeah, even when he was playing with probably his best team, the Mavericks, like, he couldn't really stay on the court right then. Yeah. The meshing with him and Luka and Rick Carlisle, if we're being honest, just wasn't there. Meanwhile, you've got this Celtics team where they're all just, like, taking turns coming off the bench. Al Horford decided it's time for me to actually come off the bench here in our very first game. They're saying they got six starters, which is, you know, what you're supposed to say when you're sending a hallowed guy to the bench. And they definitely do. Uh, There will still be some inconsistency, I think. They shot 30% from three. They only took 39, kind of a low number for the Celtics. I think they'll get more and more up. But, you know, the Jalen Brown experience remains the same, it does seem. But I was super impressed with Porzingis. 
Especially him gobbling up any R.J. Barrett attempt at the rim. Like, after the first time, it's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, this is the thing. Like, I'm going to say this a little tongue-in-cheek, but, like, you see Porzingis play like this. 30 points, the three-point shooting, the defense. You're like, wow, Wembenyama could be him. Like, he's, like, not that much taller than Porzingis. We forget Porzingis is 7'3". Exactly right, I'm 100% convinced we forget that. Uh, And, again, that seems like a weird, like, hey, man, you could be Porzingis. Like, no one's going to go around saying that. But... Porzingis at his best is my point, because that was an awesome debut. And yeah, only for the 13th time in his 16-year career, Horford coming off the bench. And so we'll see how much they run with this, or it'll depend on potential matchups. But I think it makes the most sense. Like, he's the oldest of the bunch, and you want him as fresh as possible come a postseason, because you know how important he is. And you can still play with Horford as the only big out there. You can still play like they did last night with Porzingis and Horford. There's just going to be ways to mix and match them. So I think it's smart for uh, Horford to come off the bench. He hit a couple of threes last night. A great shooter. The Celtics, in general, a great shooter. I think something that may be an issue uh, for Boston as we go on, Porzingis, great job at the rim. Four blocks, no doubt. But he plays a drop. And that's just how they're playing. So the Knicks were able to get a whole bunch of three-pointers off of that in the second half. I think they took 24, hit 12 of them. That's going to be a high-variance kind of sure, game for the sure. Celtics because they want to take threes, and they're probably going to give up a lot of threes and this I, season. And I will say, too, for Porzingis, like, uh, Mitchell Robinson, I guess, forgot that he could shoot. Like, he was lost yes. guarding him. Like, that was <laughs> yes. a bad Mitchell Robinson game. So, yeah, we'll see when he plays uh, other centers. But great start. Max Struess, he started in place of Jared Allen for Cleveland. Max Struess had 27 points. Okay. We know he's a scorer. He's a shooter, at least. He had 12 rebounds as their power go, forward, yeah. really. Uh, the Cavs went They went small. They leaned into you know pace and space. They finished the game with a 116 offensive rating. They shot nearly 40% from three on 43 attempts. And they added 21 fast break points in a very close game against the Nets. Uh, that surprised me. The 12 rebounds. And he had a block at the end of the game on Cam Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and, and he went the other way and, and got to the line because uh, they were they were down. I thought the Cavs were going to lose this game, uh, but they squeaked it out. So Max Struess, also good. Anyone else that made a, a solid new debut with their team? You call that Cavs culture? Max Struess coming in, getting 12 boards? Yes. Put it on a jersey. Put it on a jersey. Yeah. Uh, the the other... land culture. <laughs> land culture. <laughs> agriculture. <laughs> well, speaking of agriculture, I really loved what Bruce Brown gave the Indiana Pacers. There's more than just corn in Indiana. Yeah. There's Bruce Brown as well. 24 points last night, six threes. He shot a lot of wide open shots, uh, but he looks nice next to Tyrese Halliburton. The yep. Pacers were flying oh. up and down the court. He looks like uh, the perfect third perimeter player uh, around around the rest of the Pacers. I also like that he showed up no shirt on, wearing Carhartt overalls and a cowboy hat. Yep. The guy's in Indiana right now. They had lines of corn on their jerseys. <laughs> Get him in the field. Yeah, he should have played, played with a straw in his mouth. <laughs> he could have. Yeah, he could have. He was great. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, the two, the two hipster picks coming into the season, the Thunder and the Pacers – they looked awesome after one oh, night. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. looked like the right pick for all us hipsters going, ooh, they're going to be really good. Obviously, Thunder waxing the Bulls and the Pacers running the Wizards out of their gym. Yeah, they, I mean, they weren't playing the greatest teams in the world. No offense, but uh, they looked great on, on night one. Uh, also, Dennis Schroeder for the Raptors. 22 points in his debut. He had three of his seven assists there in the fourth quarter uh, as they squeaked out a sort of defensive-minded, sort of mucky game against the Wolves. Um an insane streak going on with Minnesota winless in Toronto. <laughs> Do you know this? Yeah. The last time they've won Minnesota in Toronto was 2004. 
Gary Trent Sr. played for the Timberwolves. <laughs> That's correct. That's amazing. Yeah, we're talking the Sam Cassell, KG, Spreewell Wolves, and Gary Trent Sr. <laughs> That's the last time they won in there, but uh, Schroeder was good. I just like the, the biggest difference as a Raptors fan watching it is like, holy crap. He is so much more explosive than Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just a different type of point guard play. Uh, he is damn quick, and it puts a lot of pressure on teams. Like he can get, he can honestly get to the paint on really anyone in the league because he is one of the fastest yeah, guys. Fast. Um, and then setting up guys, you know, Siakam hit a big three, and they got it done defensively. Uh, the Raptors in a 97-94 win against Minnesota, but Schroeder, nice debut. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else on your list? All right, I'm let's good. keep it going. Most exciting game. What you got here? You got the Heat Pistons, one-point victory for Miami. Cavs Nets in a very close one, uh, in a win for Cleveland. Or anything else? Where are you going? I'm going Cavs Nets over Heat Pistons because Heat Pistons felt more like the Heat falling apart uh, to me and not (laughs) being able to score at all. Meanwhile, the Cavs game, it was Donovan Mitchell going Dwayne Wade mode. He took over uh, the last three minutes of this game, scored nine of Cleveland's last 11 points. He had a big steal to tie the game with a dunk. Great play to reach around and get the poke out wide open. He blew up that dribble handoff. That was awesome. Yeah. That was was really, really impressive. Uh, then Then with 12 seconds left, hits the eventual game winner. A bad flop by Cam Johnson. I did think. Tried to take the offensive foul out there on the wing. Just ended up giving... Donovan Mitchell, a wide-open three to yep. win the game. He knocked it down. Uh, he could easily be uh, the leader right now for Clutch Player of the Year. Oh, he probably is. You're right. But I thought it was great from Mitchell. Like, he had the Dwayne Wade-style big gather over the top. Yep. He was cooking Mikhail Bridges. He was cooking Nick Claxton, two guys who are, like, all-defense-caliber defenders out there. Uh, that's exactly what you want to see from the Cavs. Uh, the new element with Struess being out there, chucking him up. 13 three-point attempts, I think it's big time for him as well. Mitchell took 10 himself. This is a team that needs to shoot a lot of threes, even if they don't shoot a great percentage. I thought Mitchell was superb. Yeah, that was a good win. That was a fun game. Uh, you know, the Nets had it. I thought they were going to win it when they were up uh, They were up six with like 120 to go, and yeah. it was like tied just like that. And then, yeah, Mitchell hits the, uh, the big shot after Cam. Tries to draw the charge. I mean, yeah, Mitchell bumps into him. I sort of like the no-call there, if I'm being honest. Good no-call. Like, yeah, stand your feet, man. Like, try and contest the shot because it was a wide-open three that he D-O. knocked down. Yeah, uh, good win. The Heat, man, they did survive <laughs> a frantic comeback by the Pistons. They they held on for the 103-102 win. They were up 19 with, like, nine minutes to go in the game. <laughs> and then, I mean, the the Pistons, like, credit to them. They had a lot of fight in them. I, I, yeah. I know uh, James Edwards III at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Get yourself a subscription. He wrote about the Pistons last night, and he thinks there's something different. Still, a loss is a loss. He admits as such, but there's a little different vibe to this Pistons team. A little uh, a little more fight. They look like more of a basketball team, and Cade was pretty special in the loss. 30 points, 9 assists. He had a chance. I mean, he had a potential game winner. I mean, it was a 30-foot sort of attempt at the buzzer, but... Uh, that's a good sign, at least. It was a, and against one of the, you know, still one of the better teams in the league in Miami. Did they take their foot off the gas? Yeah, I think a little bit, but um, yeah, weird game that one. Yeah, now I just think the Heat are going back to the finals because <laughs> this is the same team that we saw last year. They played clutch games every yeah, single right. game right. last season. The offense can disappear. They had just some brutal turnovers in the fourth quarter. Bam Adebayo throwing a pass to the wing to literally nobody. Tyler Hero throwing a lob into Bam. 
or actually three defenders who were standing around him. Just crazy stuff. They were able to pull it out uh, in the long run. That's just the way the Heat do it. Play it close in the regular season, and then you've uh, steeled yourself with all these clutch games. I even saw Tyler Hero afterwards like, I hope it's not like last year where we play all (laughs) clutch games. Sorry, buddy. It seems like it's exactly like last year. Well, I was going to say, maybe they're like, uh, you you know, big brain galaxy thinking here like, we're up 19. We're playing the Pistons. Guys, maybe we should get some reps in for close games here. I know it's early, but let's get ready for the postseason. <laughs> yeah. Let the team back in it, and then we're in clutch time and like uh, or take our lumps and, and go through our uh, go through our emotions here. Maybe, maybe. I did think Cade was great, though. The shooting was nice. He hit yeah, four man. threes. He hit uh, four or five foul line jumpers. He didn't take any free throws, though. Nope, I didn't like nope. to see that. Uh, for Cade to really be effective, he's either got to shoot it well from the outside, which he did last night, or he's got to draw fouls. I think the fouls are probably going to be the smarter way to go mm-hmm. for him since he's just a big guy. He was driving to the hoop. He's just got to figure out the grifting aspect of it, how to get to the line and get some efficient points. I think more than anything, again, it comes in a loss, so that sucks, but like they do look like a much more fun team to watch again. Of course, just adding Cade sure. and to some of these guys and maybe Monty Williams getting you know them to play a little bit better. They're just going to be uh, – and you, and we need that from the Pistons. They're, they're a lot of times one of the uh, rare 7 o'clock starts on our schedule. Yes. So you're always tuning in. You're always seeing a little bit of it, and you're like, you know, it'd be great if it's entertaining. And uh, at least they uh, put up some fight there in the loss. But he got it done. Final one here in what you got. Dunk of the night. You got two candidates, and they're both pretty good here. Uh, Malik Monk, let's start with him. Sacramento, they were dominant last night, but Malik Monk, in transition, gets it dropped off to him, <laughs> and uh, pretty damn nice dunk. We're oh. showing it to everybody here on YouTube, so that's a nice one. And then we have Zion Williamson. Now, he actually had like back-to-back dunks, but the one where he split the defense and beat Jaron Jackson Jr., to the rim was nice. He also then hit an alley-oop, like, uh, like next literally down, the yeah. next play, which was pretty good too, but I think this is the bigger of the two. So, dunk of the night, what you got, Malik Monk or Zion Williamson? This is a really tough call. Yeah, they're both Skeets, nice. That was a powerful dunk from Zion with his offhand on the reigning oh, defensive point. player of the year. Good point. Meanwhile, Malik Monk had Chris Dunn wanting to fight him for dunking on his face so hard. Um... I guess I'll go Zion just uh, for the added difficulty of it being his offhand and on the defensive player of the year. I got to go Malik Monk, mainly because his last name rhymes with Dunk. So mm. it's Malik Dunk uh, on uh, on Dunn. That was funny. Yeah, he was pissed. He, like, he oh, was pissed. Man, I got clowned here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dominant victory from the Kings. Uh, offense was humming. And the uh, Pelicans. I was going to say maybe getting a surprising win uh, over the Grizzlies, but Grizzlies are short a lot of guys. But a good win. To, to start their season. Yeah, I'm 100% back in on Zion. You are? Yep. Oh, Took geez. one game. Uh, every time he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the league. And he's completely unstoppable. He had a mid-range jumper last night. When do you see a step-back mid-range jumper in the NBA period, let alone from Zion? I thought that was uh, pretty funny to see. But if he's on the court, the Pelicans are like a home court advantage type team. Um, just stay on the court. All right. Yeah. That's what you got. We're going to take a break, uh, but when we come back, we will uh, talk about a few of the other games from that busy 12-game NBA slate. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mac Weldon though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Love to see the numbers coming out here on a Thursday morning, catching us live on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Stream team, bringing it. It's early in the season, but they're already in mid-season form. Still with the, with a good point when we were talking about the better dunk. He says, Zion doesn't actually catch many bodies. He's like Barkley. People usually get out of the way. Yeah. I've talked about this in the past. We made a short about it that upset some people. I was like, does Zion dunk on anyone? He never dunks on anybody. Uh, it's sort of true. Uh, maybe a part of it is, yeah, people don't want to even test that. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe it's sort of the, the way he goes about it. But uh, that one was... Was it on Triple J? I mean, Absolutely he beat him. Absolutely it was. Mm. They went like chest to chest. Yeah, okay, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Uh, good stuff there, guys. Okay, uh, any other takeaways from last night's uh, 12-game NBA slate? Uh, any other games, any other performances you wanted to address? Andre Drummond gave Chet Holmgren a welcome to the NBA moment. He did. He really did. Uh, take us through it. First moment, Drummond gets deep post position, seals Chet under the rim. Drummond is about two Chets wide. I would say, <laughs> slams it down on him, his first poster uh, of his career, and then Drummond got a hanging on the rim technical. Next time down, the other side of the court, Drummond rips Chet Holmgren, brings the ball up the court, looking like a young Andre Blatch, crosses over <laughs> Chet Holmgren, breaks his ankles, finishes with the jelly. That's going to be a great story for the Knuckleheads podcast someday, Skeets. Who was the first person to bust your ass, Chet Holmgren? Believe it or not, it was Andre Drummond. Wow, that's a good call. Yeah, that was good. That was the highlight that was the, the one night. good yeah, thing that was from sick. your I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Great highlight. An absolutely hilarious highlight. Uh, a couple other performances just to address. Cam Thomas for the Nets in only 25 minutes had 36 points. That was massive. Uh, didn't love his shot at the end of the game. Uh, the Nets said they were trying to go for someone else because mm-hmm. they were in that one like we talked about. He had to chuck one up. It didn't miss by much because the guy is a bucket. Uh, Harrison Barnes. Harry Bow. 
33 <laughs> points in 33 minutes, 11 to 16 shooting. He had five threes, uh, like I said, for the Kings who, who waxed the Utah Jazz. Shea was amazing. I yes. mean, the stars were great. Yeah. Like, Shea was great. Luka was great. Tatum was great. Uh, you know, Paul George was really good for the uh, for the Clippers as well. But, yeah. Anyone else? Any other games? I'm glad you touched on Luka. I didn't see every single clutch time game that Kyrie and Luka played together after the trade, but this seemed to me like the most cohesive. Mm-hmm. They looked together. Luka scored or assisted on the last 11 points for Dallas, turned a two-point deficit into a seven-point win. He had an and one off a little bitty jumper. He had an assist to Kyrie Irving yep. for a wide open three in the corner. Had a nice steal. Luka Doncic, given the effort defensively, finds Kyrie for a layup. And then the game clinching three as well. Great stuff from Luka. Also, I think it looks like he has a mustache right now. Like he's kind of got yeah. a little heavier beard, but yeah. the mustache has grown in the most. It's coming in. He could pull it off kind of, I think. It's coming in thick. Yeah. Oh, maybe. That'd be a cool look. <laughs> yeah. I was just watching a baseball clip for the No Bunt show. Kirk Gibson going yard in game one of the uh, 88 World Series. Okay. Against Dennis Eckersley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two awesome baseball mustaches. Oh, yeah. Like 80s baseball mustaches. Prime stash time. Yeah, yeah. He just like, Kirk Gibson looked like Tom Selleck at the point. <laughs> You're Which, not just saying that because of the Dodgers hat? Well, yeah, I was going to say uh, Tom Selleck was in. Uh, Magnum P.I. Ma- well, no, he was in a baseball movie, wasn't he? Was yeah. it Mr. Baseball? Is that what that's called? That's a great movie. I think so. Yeah. Mr. Baseball. Movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's an old guy, like an old washed-up guy that yeah. goes over to Japan, I think. Is I think, that the yeah, story? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's, uh, let's, let's jump on playback and watch uh, Mr. Baseball Mr. together. Mr. Baseball. Don't throw Kirk Gibson a backdoor slider. Everybody knows that. Oh, man. I watched the hole at bat, though. Dennis Eckersley threw over to first base like eight times. Ooh. Davis was on first. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was, hey, <laughs> not Davis. peanuts, not Davis. slushes. You got to keep Mike Davis close to the bag. But you got to worry about Kirk Gibson at the plate. That guy was the National League MVP that year. That he was all banged up. That was his only plate appearance on that pitch hit in the World Series. That's baller, man. That's you're baller. right. Yeah, nice job. You were doing the chainsaw. Yeah, he's got like a cool <sighs> celebration. Yeah. It's like or it's man. almost like you're starting up a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I would like to uh, go. Okay, get rid of that. Sorry, I don't know what what happened there. Oh, baseball got into me. Um, Scotty Barnes, we got to uh, put him on the short list of guys who could potentially get a five by five. We're always talking about that. Yeah, we yeah. love a five nice by five. Obviously, five points, five boards, five assists, five steals, five blocks. Um, last night in his opener for the Raptors uh, season. Was semi close to it. He was two steals. Okay, yeah, I needed three more steals, but he hit it in every other category. Seventeen points, eight boards, five assists, and the five blocks. Yeah, and he had a massive one uh, somewhat late in this game. So just put him on the short list. Like he, I think he'll have a couple of games, maybe OG as well, um, where they'll have those defensive numbers like that. Will you consider that a near five by five? He hit four categories, two steals though. Is I'd love to see. A, I'd love to see a three. Yeah, over 50%. Over 50% in that final category, and then it's uh, very near to it, in in my opinion. But, yeah, good stuff from Scotty there, um, as he obviously sort of got the... uh Got the ball a little bit more, and I like. I just love to see him play because he looks like he's having fun again, and he yeah. seems like one of these guys that just has to. He goes on vibes, and it was not there last year. Uh, it was there in his rookie year, so we'll see. Any other uh, any other games? I think we're going to see some long seasons here for the Houston Rockets and Washington Wizards, yeah. based on last night. Yeah, the Rockets scored eighty six points and lost by thirty. Yeah, they brought in a bunch of defense first guys, a bunch of culture guys, which will help. Mm-hmm. Ime Udoka, a defensively minded coach. So maybe that's how they build their identity because I think the offense is still going to be a bit of a struggle uh, for Houston as it was last night. On the flip side, almost the exact opposite, 
the Wizards allowed 143 points to the Pacers last night. I think this is the team, when you see them on the calendar, they're playing your favorite team. Maybe tune in. Mm. You might see somebody's career high. Maybe go. Maybe get high. some tickets if they're in your town. That's exactly the right. Are coming to town, yeah. Indiana scored sixty points the last twenty minutes. It was incredible. They caught fire in the second half. Yeah. Thirty-two fast break points. So I'd also recommend two great league pass teams: the Pacers and whoever is playing the Wizards. Yeah, that's a good call. They're going to score a lot. Uh, yeah, and just to give a little love to the Magic fans out there. Uh, yeah, they they killed the Rockets. Um, no one like had a standout game, probably except Cole Anthony, who had twenty points off the bench. So really good performance Big from bag. him. Eight to twelve. Yeah, he just got the uh, extension there. Everybody contributing though. You know, Franz nineteen, uh, Palo. He didn't have to do a lot in this one. He had 12 points, 3 of 6, because uh, they just easily handled the Rockets. But good start for them. Uh, you know, another, another one of those teams that obviously, it like, if the Magic are going to make a play-in or make the playoffs, they have to beat these shitty teams. Like, yeah. you've got to rack up those easy Ws, and they did that there on night one. All right, let's get into some news, because the big news yesterday had everybody talking. The NBA All-Star Game is returning to its old format, pitting the Eastern Conference against the Western Conference this season. The theme this year is back to basketball. There we go. That's what Adam Silver told reporters on Wednesday. There will also no longer be a target score in the fourth quarter. Goodbye to the Elam ending. Because the game is returning to just standard 12-minute four-quarter basketball. Pure basketball. Is this a big deal at all? (laughs) Are you uh, happy with this decision? What do you think? I know we had already talked about it a little bit because Silver was tipping his hand um, like on, I don't know, whatever show he was on. He was basically saying this was going to happen, but now it's official. What do you think? I think it's fine. I guess I'm ambivalent to it. You know, it's like we're still going to be getting 24 to 30 players selected to the all-star team. Yeah. The voting is the same. They did keep the charity aspect of it, so I guess they'll be keeping score for the first quarter mm. second quarter third quarter as well to see who's getting donated to uh I, I don't know i guess they thought the elam ending worked and then it didn't work uh so now they're just tying it into indiana being one of the birthplaces of basketball they're like we're doing everything normal style yeah. get rid of the three-point line then oh wow yeah play and take tr- it way back playing converse <laughs> playing converse beach baskets get some belts on your yeah. shorts take it way back way back yeah um you're right it's like who really cares all all this comes down to is uh, I think the NBA, this year more than any other year, because we got a brand new TV rights deal right around the corner. Hey, guys, stop fucking around and give us an entertaining game, at least a quarter in the All-Star game. Exactly. We need it now more than ever, okay? No Elam ending, no drafting, back to the old school East versus West, and we really need you guys to try. It's in your best interest. Put on a show. And it might help a little bit in terms of the more money you get in this potential deal that we already talked about. And it doesn't matter if it's Elam ending or Team LeBron versus Team Giannis or East versus... It doesn't matter. None of it matters unless they compete. That's all, <laughs> That's that all it matters. all that matters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just really up to the leaders, I guess, in these locker rooms or all the guys to like, okay, yeah, let's give it a go. No one wants to get injured. Everybody understands that. It is an exhibition game, but it also, it's a showcase for the league. Casuals tune into these things, or you want them to, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously big advertising money and all that. It's like you got to put on a on a show. So at least Silver's admitting, well, last year's was a joke. I mean, that was yes. that was uh, he was embarrassed. It sounds he like. was, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, he should be, and they all should be. So I guess changing it, it's like whatever. It's like a reset. It's like <laughs> nice. the idea, yeah. like in their head, like oh, we're resetting it. It's back to basketball. Remember when the All Star Game was actually entertaining back in the '80s? Some games in the '90s. Do that. 
Remember that? Yeah. What, what like what was the most competitive All Star game? Well, the one with uh, the '90s one that sticks out was the Iverson Marbury one where they came back. I thought that's like 2001 or something. Oh, is that early 2000? I mean, okay, still, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like 20 right. years ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's been like 20 years of. I mean, well, the, the most entertaining the one, one was, was the first Elam yeah, ending one, 2020. Yeah, yep, and that worked, and everybody's like, "Oh, we fixed we it. We got to keep it. We're done. Yep. We got it." And it's like, no, it turns out. And like, I will admit, like, they okay, we're asking them to play real basketball, quote unquote. Well, uh, I watched a lot of real basketball last night, and guess what happened? There was a lot of blowouts. It's true. It's unfortunately happens. It's true. <laughs> so outside of like telling the refs, like, hey, man, the East is down 16. Get the, get them back in the game. Start calling everything for the you – know, <laughs> like, seriously, like, yeah. it does happen. One team's hot, one team's not, but – Silver's got to turn on keep scores close for the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Rubber band this. Like, rubber NBA Jam, it. man. Exactly. No blowouts. 100%. Uh, but, yeah. Th- Go ahead. What do you think about people saying this should be USA versus the world? Uh, I mean, again, it's – it doesn't matter doesn't to me. Matter. Yeah. I, I, I honestly doesn't matter. Sure, I don't. I'm not against it. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, it feels like they might be going towards something like one year's that, one year's drafting, one year's normal. <laughs> you know, one year we play dodgeball. I don't know. Like, they're put just it like, on a wheel. Yes, we'll spin, spin it. it. <laughs> oh, don't do a wheel. <laughs> oh, do not do a wheel no on All Star Weekend. <laughs> that did not work. We How about that. this though? Uh, here's something I was thinking about. the The All Star Game was supposed to be in. Indianapolis, what, 2021 season? Oh, yeah, they did it here in Atlanta. That's yeah, right. they yeah. end up doing it here okay, in yeah, Atlanta they're... instead, but they had clearly already made the uniforms for the Indiana All-Star game. They were, like, blue and yellow. They were, like, Pacers 80s-themed yeah. uniforms. So they can't do that again. No. This would be a perfect time for players to wear their own jerseys. Yes. People love to ask for that. In fact, put them all in their city edition jerseys. All city edition. So I have no idea who anyone is. <laughs> Who's on whose team? Uh, what do you think about them removing the draft element? I, I mean, I guess now that they're going east versus west, there's no real point. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm like, kind of surprised, like, okay, actually. Was that a success? Was the NBA All-Star Game draft a success in your mind? I remember some memorable moments. Yeah. I think so. It maybe didn't live up to the expectations we had. Even yeah. last year when they did the uh, schoolyard pick, yeah. which we had been like saying, oh, they got to do In that. Person, yeah. And it was like, the way they did it, the way it went down, it wasn't all that memorable. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. I, I mostly mean like, uh, you know, LeBron and Kevin Durant yeah. talking trash yeah, yeah. about James Harden, something like that. There were some uh, funny moments. There were some fun moments, but I think probably... From the league's perspective, they're like, it got stale. It's going to be LeBron and somebody else every single year. I was going to say, LeBron like people. ruined it. Yeah. He's always the captain. <laughs> they're like, retire, man, so we can go back to the draft. It should be like survivor rules. Like, you can't... Um, uh, well, actually, no, that would be the uh, How about like, uh, like best <laughs> coach rules, right? Like, you can't coach the All-Star game two years in a row, right? Yeah. So you shouldn't be able to be the captain two years in a row. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. With survivor, you can't uh, sit out two challenges in a row, but I meant the opposite <laughs> yeah, of that. You can't yeah. actually be the captain two years in a row. But anyway, uh, let's hear your thoughts. Do you care at all? Will you even be watching? I mean, I still love the All-Star game. I still love All-Star weekend. I'm a kid at heart, though. I'm an idiot, people tell me. They say, leave it alone. Enjoy your vacation. Nobody gives a shit. I do. I want to. Back to basketball, man. Back to basketball. All right, next uh, piece of news here. Uh, <laughs> Back to basketball. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, this is basketball. This is big. The Phoenix Suns will forfeit a 2024 second-round NBA draft pick after the league found that they engaged in early free agency discussions <laughs> involving, take a guess, you'll never get it, Drew Eubanks. Who, who banks? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, the Suns' backup center agreed to sign a two-year deal with a player option, so I guess the, the Phoenix Suns got to him a little too quickly that June 30th, <laughs> whenever they were permitted. Um, they, they're losing a pick here, a second-round pick, which yeah. people think is 
you know, silly as it is, like we're actually like punishing a prospect, a young player. Yeah, like, true. We're taking one Fewer off picks. the board. Yeah, yeah, so that's a little weird. But yeah, any thoughts on this? It's also kind of a surprisingly harsh penalty for the Suns. They only have second round picks. <laughs> like, they don't have first round <laughs> oh, picks. Yeah, right, right. So you're taking the one thing they have. Luckily, James Jones hates drafting in the first place, mm, but true. I just love the idea of James Jones, Matt Ishbia, probably Isaiah Thomas sitting together in a room. We got to get on this Eubanks thing. We got to get in touch with them. <laughs> oh, like, Isaiah, wait, we got to wait. wait. Isaiah, we got to wait. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't wait. Get him on the phone now. We'll risk it all for Drew Eubanks. <laughs> Even I wouldn't tamper for Drew Eubanks. Yeah, it makes me think, though, what other team wanted Drew Eubanks? Like, who ratted them out? It's a great question. Right? In theory, somebody did. Who was it? Unless, uh, you know, Silver and the NBA has have tapped the phones of the Phoenix Suns and, <laughs> and see the, the, the June 29th call log. Uh, somebody, I think, another team was like, they wanted Eubanks, and they're like, what the hell? What do you mean you've already committed to the Suns? We... They shouldn't even be able to talk to you. So it must have been Portland. Must have been Portland. Uh, you know, they were having a lot of conversations with the league this summer. Joe Cronin probably just slipped it in. And by the way, they were calling our guy early. Who? Yeah. Who? Nurkic? Lillard? <laughs> no, 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 no. Drew. Who? Who? Drew Eubanks. <laughs> Kevin Eubanks? No, Drew Eubanks. Backup center. Kind of athletic. Looks like a volleyball player. Nils says here in the stream team, I'm going off his word, Drew Eubanks lived in Phoenix in the offseason before he even signed <laughs> oh, oh, the real estate agents did him in, huh? Wow. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the real estate agent is not a Suns fan, even though they live in the area. That's a great, great <laughs> question. Great place to retire. Somebody. The Tamper Boys are on it, guys. Tamper Boys. <laughs> All right. We've got to take one more break. Uh, and when we come back, we got to talk about Trey Kirby's Bulls already having a players-only oh. meeting. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Leave your voice a five-star rating and review. You know how when uh, an NBA player steps to the line, let's say they've hit 20 free throws in a row, and the broadcaster will mention that. Mm. And then what will happen? Inevitably, Murphy's Law, they'll miss the free throw and say, oh, I jinxed them. Broadcaster jinx. I feel like that is what happened with JD and that Athletic Greens <laughs> ad this past 100%. week. 100%. Right? 100%. You're talking it up. It's a great product. Yeah. It's keeping you safe from cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I swear, yeah. immediately after you recorded it, the, yeah. you, 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 got, you got hit with the I bug. Got hit. We got you. Hit I mean, I had time. it. You had it. Did you have it? Already? I had it. Yeah, yeah you had it maybe first. I think actually. I had it before y'all. Yeah. No, it's this is all your fault, Trey. Yeah. No, nah, like no, my no, kids. It's my had kids' it. fault. Oh, it's always yeah, the kids' fault. Kids. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. I think you sound cool, JD. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And you got a. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing you only have this podcast today to do. Oh uh, yeah, I've got three uh, three after this. Wow, wow, three podcast. Well, you got Survivor. Survivor. We got Is This Good? Zach Harper's coming on. That's Ooh. for Monday. And then we got the Patreon hangout tonight. Oh, hanging with the P-Hounds. That's a low lift, though. That's that's a light lift. I just sit and listen chilling. to sit the stories. Yeah. Sit, nod, and cough. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, put JD in your prayers here today because he sounds crazy right now. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the Night, a fun one to read. Fun one to read. Comes to us from Julia Poe of the Chicago Tribune, who tweeted last night, Billy Donovan says when he walked into the Bulls locker room tonight, players were already in heated conversations. He asked if they wanted him to leave to handle conflict. Players said yes, so he did. Donovan emphasized that embracing conflict is key for this year's roster. One of the first thing I thought of when I read this, Skeets. What's that? Happy Gilmore. There's a scene when he says, I'm the only guy in league history who's ever taken off my skate and tried to stab somebody with it. I think the Bulls have to be the only team in league history to have a players-only meeting after the first game of the season. Wow. You think so? You think they're alone in that? That's crazy. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Yeah. The first game of the season, this is a team that, you know, basically brought everybody back. They've been around each other uh, for three seasons basically now, which is probably part of the reason that tensions are high. Um, But I also do love Billy Donovan saying, yeah, we want them fighting because last year they just hated each other. Never (laughs) said anything about it. So I guess this is an improvement. I think we had uh, Vucci Baby and Donovan getting into a little spat on the sidelines too. So yes, uh, tensions already high. Uh, in the Bulls locker room and with their players and their coaches. Yeah, what a what a horrible start. I mean, yeah, if you had to pick, like, the worst start to any of the teams that played last night to their season, it's probably the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, I know some other teams got yeah. killed, but some of those teams, like, they don't have any really ambitions to probably get into a play-in game. But the Bulls do. And, whoo, yeah, they got they The got Bulls do. They lost by 20 yeah. at home, and their players afterwards were saying we have – no heart and we didn't play hard and i've heard that a lot 
in the past couple of seasons. So very disappointing uh, to hear it on night one. And yeah, Vooch, I mean, it was a big talk over uh, during the preseason, like how he's going to be a focal point of the offense. And then he basically didn't touch the ball <laughs> for a quarter straight. But at least John Mayer played under pressure, free falling in new light. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So I saw a photo of you watching uh, the Thunder Bulls game on your phone while yes. you were at the yes. John Mayer concert. Um, how was the concert? It was good. It was good. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you, Skeets. <laughs> I didn't really follow John Mayer's career for a good 15 years, probably. So a lot of new songs to me. Right. Uh, but the way he was able to hold the crowd in his hand <laughs> while just playing an acoustic guitar or sometimes an acoustic guitar with two necks or sometimes an acoustic guitar made of metal. Oh, wow. Pretty special stuff. The guy can shred. Absolutely. Didn't play a dead song. Disappointing for me. But when he went to Encore, I started yelling, let's go Hawks! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a well, loss, too. Yeah, you know, that was tough. <laughs> but uh, although you said you got a seat upgrade. Got a seat upgrade. It's like you were at an NBA game last night. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly let's right. bring you down from the top. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were bringing us down to the Michelob Ultra, <laughs> Ultra Drip couch <laughs> to watch Johnny. <laughs> well, how did this happen? Someone just came up and said, hey. How many are in your party? We were sitting in the front row of our section in the 200 levels. There's three of us. They said, yeah, come on down. Wow. Brought us down to the 100 levels. Row KK. So that's what. When did that happen? Yeah, like when? Yeah, it's good. In between the opener and the John. Oh. Yeah. John looked out on the crowd. He was like, like, oh, it's sparse. Not my hometown show. Get the people down here. (laughs) The Hawks must be playing in Charlotte. (laughs) All right. So, uh, John Mayer. Solo. Solo Dolo. Yeah, that's a, you know, I'm not the biggest John Mayer fan in the world, but you got to respect someone that can, like, play to a goddamn sold-out arena just himself an acoustic guitar. That's crazy when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, and people who are good at acoustic guitar, like a John Mayer, it doesn't sound like one guitar, which is pretty impressive. Uh, You know, like like slapping the bass while also playing the melody stuff. It was great. All right. Yeah, it was great. Uh, A different environment, though. Last concert I saw was uh, Run the Jewels. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's somewhat different vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Drake there in the same arena I yeah. guess John Mayer was playing. Uh, probably a different vibe uh, from Pretty John. Sedate. But I was also safe for Drake's concert. If you ask me how was it, I would say it was good. It wasn't the greatest concert I've ever been to. It was the weirdest, the weirdest like layout of a concert. Like he's dropping banger after banger to start the show. Okay. Yep. Then he does this weird thing Drake did where he's like, hey, let's turn this into a party. And he goes up to his DJ and they literally play music. Actually, it was so fun. Sure. I mean, the Atlanta crowds, they're, they're pretty amazing here. But uh, that was fun. And then there was like an intermission. And then he comes back with 21 Savage. They do a bunch of songs. And I'm starting to look at my watch. Like, what's going on here? Okay, <laughs> 21 Savage is going to... Like, I'm not the biggest 21 Savage fan. I feel like a lot of his songs start to sound the same. Especially the ones with Drake, I guess. Anyway... I'm like, okay, he's going to leave, and then Drake's going to end this. Like, he's going to play all the hits he hasn't yeah. yet. But he didn't. 21 Savage left. I think he, like, maybe did a song or two, and then he just starts talking to us. It was like, uh, not a sermon, but he was like, just affirmations. Like, uh, you guys, uh, you can do whatever you want in your life. And, like, you can really make it, and you're going to be a great podcaster. And like, it's like, what? And then you're like, all right. And then it ended. Lights up, boom. No encore, Wait, the, of course. The end was the motivational the speech? The end was him talking to us. Inspirational wow. speech. It was That's so it weird. I, I was cool. like, just if you flip this entire concert on its head, it would have been probably awesome. Come out, say how great we are and how much we can do. <laughs> You're going to dance like crazy. Then Savage. And then, yeah, then we can play some music and then play all your hits. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Weird show. Hmm. But anyway, a little different than John Mayer. Concert. Yeah, a little, yeah. a little bit different. I didn't stand up until the last song. 
21 Savage didn't come out with John Mayer? <laughs> I thought it was cool, though, that Mayer had a dagger tattoo between his eyes. I'm surprised <laughs> to see that. <laughs> All right. All right. So the Bulls off to a fun start there. Players only meeting uh, after night one. Wow. Players only, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's call it there. Join us if you're a Survivor fan a little bit later. JD's second show of the day. No bus. Talking about episode five. Uh, I got it in this morning. I was up very early. I was up at five o'clock this morning watching a bunch of games that I missed. A bunch of highlights, obviously. Consuming as much as I could. And then watching Survivor. But you haven't even watched it yet, Trey. I got to jam it in right now. Oh, okay. And JD, you... Uh, I watched you, it, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. He's knocking mm-hmm. in. So anyway... 1 p.m. Eastern is the plan. If Trey can get it in by then, uh, that we'll be talking about last night's Survivor episode. Again, no buffs on YouTube feed. It's on podcast feed. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about tonight's two games. There's a big one. 76ers Bucks. Mm. That's the first game. Then we got Suns Lakers. We'll be talking about those. We'll be talking about the first week of basketball. It's the Drop Podcast. We'll do rapid fire fun. So join us at 10 a.m. Eastern. Till then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body is a wonderland. Yours specifically. (laughs) That's what Drake was telling me. (laughs) Brace the day, people. (laughs) 